Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello everyone and welcome again to Belmont Banter and today's guest is Adrian Burrows. Now anybody connected with Whistle Town will know AD from well a few years ago agreed since he's graced the Belmont but he was with us for a long time but I don't know much about AD's time outside Whistle Town. Um, hey what are you doing at the moment football wise anything? Um, not a great deal football wise. I've got a son who's just turned 18 um, and I was hoping that he would kind of follow my footsteps in the football mode, but he didn't. He went down a music route. So um, in terms of football, I'm not doing a great deal. In terms of fitness, I'm just trying to keep myself fit. And um, I think when you've played football for as long as, as most people have in, you know, Whitstable and, and local circles, you try and keep yourself fit after. Um, otherwise, you can go downhill pretty quick. So... That's that's really the main thing I'm doing at the moment is just getting out, keeping fit. Uh, but football-wise, not a great deal. I try and go around to a few local games. Faversham is my local team, and it's where I started my youth football. Oh, right. Faversham. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it at the moment. Pretty much it. But you don't live in Faversham now, do you? You live... Um... I, I do, yeah. Well, I moved to Faversham about... Yeah, I moved to Faversham about 10 years ago. I used to live oh. in, uh, in Bling. That's where I, I yeah, that's where Blaine. I knew you from, yeah, yeah, Blaine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but ten years ago, um, unfortunately divorced and moved to Faversham. So yeah. I've been at Faversham for about eleven years now. Yeah, eleven years. And, and talking about yeah. Faversham Town, it's it's a well run club. I always like going there. Um, yeah. either as a you know, as the opposition or also just to see a game because they're nice people there. I get on very well with all of them. So, you know, there's never any problems with the place. Yeah, they're great. They're a great bunch. I've got some good friends at Faversham Town and uh, one of my closest friends that I used to play football with in the under-12s, Mark Leader. I think he's a uh, commercial manager down there now. So um, there's there's pretty good connections down there, Faversham. He, so, yeah, he's a good he, club. Is he Ray Leader's boy? He's Ray's boy. Yeah, yeah right, so right, we, right, go, right. we go back. Yeah, yeah, we go back, you know. 35 years or whatever it is you know sure. so yeah we go back quite a way so yeah it's it's always been nice that um whenever i've gone over there i've always had a nice welcome from everybody yeah i, w- I would say there's no bad eggs over there which you don't you sometimes get at a club you know that uh, yeah it's, it's it's a well-run club they had that horrible period when they were you know, the ground was in a mess the floodlights have been mm. smashed and and thankfully mm. You know, by a lot of hard work, by a lot of people, they got it back up again. It's they got fantastic. it back together. Yeah, it yeah. was remarkable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the community yeah. pulled together and they all they all delved in and got it back. It was brilliant. Yeah, Incredible. yeah, and it's, and it's doing really well down there. I think the team's doing pretty well. They've had ups and downs like everybody, but yeah, but yeah, they're doing doing really well down there now. That's good. Right. Okay. You mentioned um, Faversham. Uh, obviously, mm. your local club now, where you're living. Um, you had a spell with us, um, but you say you started your football journey. With Faversham, how did that come about? Um, Mainly through sort of school football, school at Abbey School, uh, Faversham. And um, I had quite a few few friends there that were playing for the local team at the time, which was Faversham under 12s, I think it was at the time, because youth football started at 11. It didn't start like now when you're six or seven or eight. 
it started at kind of when you was 10, 11, you know, with a bit of school football and then under 12s. Under 12s was the, the kind of entry level. So, yeah, I joined joined Faversham Town with my mates sort of thing and played there. And within, I don't know, within sort of six months or whatever, my dad started to sort of come along and he got involved and he became the manager. <laughs> so <laughs> within about six months, yeah, he became the manager. And uh, so he became my manager from sort of under 12s all the way up to under 16s. And uh, we had, we, to be fair, we had really good success. That that first year was a bit iffy, but kind of 13s, 14s, 15s and 16s, we won won a lot, you know, the leagues and the cups and things like that. So it was a good period and, you know, there were some good friends made there. But um, I think the only downside was that when we got to the 16s, when the 16s finished, there was no under 18s at Faversham at the time. Yeah. So they lost a good little group of players. You know, we all kind of dispersed and went our separate ways. Yeah. And um, I was kind of looking around and toying with the idea of maybe going to Gravesend and Northfleet or Dover, because they were kind of the only couple of teams that had eight teams. Yes. And I ended up going to Dover. So that's how I ended up being at Dover. So all the way through my Faversham years and got to 16s and left and then went, went on to Dover and went to play at the Crabble. Who was the manager down at Dover at the time? Uh, it was Chris Kinnear. It was Chris Kinnear because he's he's had a couple of stints down there, hasn't he? Yeah. So, but I went down to Dover. uh, So yeah, sixteen, just out of sixteen, nearly seventeen, and was playing for their under eighteens and reserves, and the occasional game for the first team as well, creeping through. But yeah, I I had five years down there. Oh, wonderful! So So that was the the sort of formative formative years as far as let's call it adult football if you like but you know that's, yeah that's, that's you had your grounding with your dad through from sort of 13 up to 16 or so or under mm. actually and then you, you this was a, your first chance at proper football absolutely and i yeah. hate that i hate using that phrase proper football because I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean anytime you've got a ball and you're kicking the ball about with a couple of mates it's a game isn't it it's a game. Yeah. yeah, stick a couple of jumpers down. It's a game, isn't it? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know. <laughs> and you know, it's a funny thing that you touched on this. Uh, be- between the ages of five or six up until 10 or 11 or 12, there was nothing for you. Andy Keir mm. said the same to me, exactly mm. the same. You know, these mm. young lads today, really, they've got it wonderful, haven't they? You know, they've got the, yeah. the, the, the proper coaching, good pitches, and it's all sort of... It's skills football, which is really, mm. really good. And it, mm. actually, I often wonder, does it hit them like a brick wall when all of a sudden those crunching tackles start coming coming in? Well, and the thing is as well, I mean, I, I always sort of think, is it too early? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm no expert in that because I haven't done the youth football side. But, I mean, surely by the time they get to kind of 20 and they're hitting adult football, they've played the best part of 14, 15 years of football already, haven't they? Yeah. You know, so is there not sort of a burnout? But I suppose they 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 manage that. The people that are doing the training and, yeah. the, and the courses, they manage that. And that's why it's, maybe it's not that physical at that age. But there could be that element of once they hit 18, 19 um, and they find other things outside of football, that they've kind of had enough and there's a bit of a burnout. But yeah. at the age of 12, 13, you're just getting going. So your appetite's there and then you get into adult football. And, you know, I was never one for going out too much anyway. So training a couple of times a week and playing football on a Saturday. I used to play a lot of football on a Sunday as well for a local yeah. team, Woodman's Hall. Yeah, which was a pub team. But I did that for about a year. But but it soon became apparent that it was too much football. 
it was yeah. too much. I was starting up my knees and, you know, even at that age, 18, 19, I was having a little bit of trouble. So, I, I yeah, I made the decision, you've got to stop the Sunday football and just concentrate on the Saturday, especially as being at Dover and the opportunities they had there. So, yeah, made the right decision there for sure. I think you did. But from memory, your fitness level, I mean, you, you didn't suffer too many bad injuries, did you? No, I didn't actually. I was quite fortunate. I, I know I had one particularly bad bad injury at uh, when I was playing for Whitstable that put me out for about six, seven months. That was um, my ankle uh, ligaments. It was on a wet and cold Tuesday or Wednesday night away to Greenwich Borough. And uh, yeah, I, I can vividly remember it now. The ball got played down the line and I got to the ball comfortably first. But this guy came in two foot. It'd be a red card all day now. Yeah. And uh, But the referee didn't even book him. Didn't even book him. And yeah, I mean, that was me limped off after about 20 minutes. But I knew straight away that, that something serious had happened. So I had about six months out, came back. And it's, it was never quite the same. But that was that was under the John Roseman year. So I was yeah. probably late 20s, early 30s then. So Well, let's go um, back to Dover. Let's go back to Dover. Yeah. What time did you finish off at Dover and where did you go from Dover? Well, I played for Dover from, as I say, 17 to about 22 uh, did all my under-18s, did the reserves where we won the Kent League 2. I played a, played a fair number of games for the first team. They had a floodlit cup competition as well. So we used to play away to Crawley Town and teams like that. So I played a lot of midweek games for, for Dover under Chris Kinnear at the age of sort of 19 and 20. And I was skipper in the reserves at the time. But we used to get a few of the first teamers dropped down as well which was good experience because they were in a decent decent league then. They were sort of Beza Homes. Yes, they were. Beza Homes Premier. Travelling all over yeah. the country, weren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Merthyr Tidville, you yeah. know, the lot. And they worked their way up to the Beza Homes Premier, I think, which is one down from kind of the National League as it, it is, is now. Yes. Um, and which they're in now, and they're pretty well established in the National League. But um, I can remember their centre-forward at the time was Lenny Lee. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that rings a bell with you. It does ring it a was bell, a big, yeah. He was a big Leeds fan, the same yeah. as me. So we have kind of that that comparison. And uh, he was getting on a bit. He was, you know, mid-30s. And his days at Dover were coming towards the end. And he was starting to play more and more reserve football. But he got the opportunity to become Ramsgate manager. Uh, and he came to me and he said, I want to take you over to Ramsgate. And I want you to be my skipper. So that was the first opportunity to earn a bit of money at the game as well. Yeah. Not, not a great deal, no, but it was a bit of money. And I thought, yeah you know, we'll do that. So, and I think at the age of 21, 22, you'd kind of given it a good shot uh, at Dover. And yeah. I thought, you know, if I'm going to progress, I need to go elsewhere. So yeah, I went over to Ramsgate about the age of 22, I think it was, and started playing Kent League football, which was again, another big step up from sort of Kent League too. Yes. Even though I'd had the experience of the first team at Dover and and all the rest of it, um, it's yeah, it stood me in good stead. But it's it's a different different mentality in the Kent League to, in Kent League Kent League One as well. So it's a, it's a step that they don't realise until they make it. Mark Mundy no. said Mark Mundy said to me that if you feel comfortable in the league, you're you're good enough for that league. But if you don't, there's no harm in dropping back a league to get yourself yeah. up to the game again. You know, and, absolutely. And, and what you've probably done stood you in good stead for the future. I mean, yeah, totally. Especially yeah, going totally. in as skipper as well. Yeah, yeah. But I was kind of, I suppose, looking back, I've, I, I always ended up as skipper wherever I was. At, at youth level, level at Faversham, I was at uh, 
Dover when I first joined under 18s and reserves. And then when I played the odd first team game, they'd sometimes put me skipper as well. Maybe it was a positional thing where I played at the back, but I was always pretty good at organising, if I'm honest. You know, I was was always a good talker on the pitch. I used to talk a lot. Um, A a big part of my game was organising other players and getting them in the positions to make my job a bit easier, (laughs) to be brutally honest with you, you know? And it, and it kind of worked. So, yeah, going over to Ramsgate and, and skippering was, yeah. Yeah, it was... It was uh, so, Lenny Lee was, was the manager there with you then? Yeah. Lenny Lee was the manager, yeah. He went over to Ramsgate. It was his first year over there and he took me over there. And uh, I think first year was a little bit tough, but I think uh, we ended up getting to the Kent League Cup final. We won it. We beat Dill 2-1. And then I think we won the Cup three years in a row and finished fairly high in the league but there was just the nucleus of a decent team then. And uh, I think he was there for two, three years and then Jimmy Ward came in. So I had, I had a couple of years with Jimmy Ward and, you know, that was obviously successful as well. Yes. And yes. good fun. Good fun, so. yeah. He's a bit of a character, isn't he? Jim is, yeah. Yeah, when you can understand him on the phone, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the phone calls. He used to ring about the game on the Saturday or the training. And I was, I just used to go, yeah, yeah. I could, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't have a damn clue. What he, oh, I think he was Dundee, me. wasn't he, Jim? Dundee yeah, area. Dundee, but, yes. Yeah. yeah so, oh, but yeah, he's me. the top man. Yeah, he's the top man, really, you know. Good lad, isn't he? Good lad. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if you've heard the interview that I did with him on here. It's quality. It's really good. Really good. Oh, yeah. okay. No, yeah. I didn't actually. Oh, you've got to catch it. You've got to catch I'll it. I'll have to dig that one out. Really good. So, you had a couple of years down at, uh, at Ramsgate. Well, more than a couple, I think. You're probably there, what, yeah. four years? Or oh, I was there for five. Every, yeah. It seemed as though every club I went to, I was there for five years. <laughs> and that was there. It's like cyclical, I think. So, That's yeah, it was though. five years. So, when you say under John Roseman, when, so was it Lenny Lee, then then um, John? Or how did it work? Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Ward. It yeah. was Lenny Lee, then Jimmy Ward. Yeah. We was at Ramsgate with. All right, OK. So I think just... John went to... I, I remember when I was playing for Ramsgate, John was at Sheppey. John was a, at Sheppey. He had a spell. Uh, yes, he did. You're right. He was at Sheppey. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So how yeah. successful was, was the, your time at Ramsgate? They're pretty good. Really good, yeah. And and really enjoyable. I mean, I've still got um, a lot of contacts there, as in friends. So those five years, were they, they were good fun. Mm. But there was a seriousness there as well, because there was good players there. You know, we had players like Johnny Mayo, Johnny Love. You know, um, we had a goal scorer up top. Dean Bowie came along for a little while. Wow. Um, we had him up there and Ian Court. And, you know, we we played well. You know, we won regularly won the cup. And I think the last couple of years that I was there with Jim, Jimmy Ward, mm-hmm. we had a good season. The last year I was there, uh, I, that was the year pre-season that I'd moved. I'd, I was living in Canterbury and I moved to Bleen. Yeah. And we... We'd regularly played Whitstable, obviously, and it was always a it was always a place I used to love playing. It was a cracking little ground, you know. And I always used to think it was a little bit of a disadvantage for Whitstable because they had one of the better pitches and one of the nicest grounds, and teams used to come there and play. Yeah, you know. And I used to love going there because Southwood, you know, I loved I loved playing for for Ramsgate, and and the guys there were brilliant. But the pitch and you know the surroundings wasn't as yeah. atmospheric, really. As Whitstable, so coming down to Whitstable midweek was just great. It, you know, you'd rock up and you'd play. Yeah. And because I was that little bit nearer to Whitstable as well, I started to think, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, 
oh, I'll have a change of scenery because going to Ramsgate three times a week, the travel, which wasn't major, but it was getting to a stage. Jimmy was bringing in a lot of players from London and, and they, I think they were paying big money as well. And I missed the pre-season because I was moving. And I said, you know, I really want to just settle in where I am, get my house sorted, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up, there was a little spell there when I was debating whether to play again, if I'm honest. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Yeah, if I'm honest, I, I kind of said to him, I don't really think my heart's in it. I might give it, give it a miss. And he kept on, I'd bump into him at wedding receptions and this, that and the other. And he was like, come back, come back, come back. So eventually I kind of went back in the September. But to be, to be totally fair, obviously there were players there that had done pre-season. Yeah. He had a fairly settled team and I had to work my way back into the team, which I felt I did. But every time I played and played well, he would then bring the guy back in that he dropped previously. And I just felt that I was spending a lot of time on the bench. So yeah. I thought if I'm going to play, I'll make a change of scenery. So that's when I, I contacted Simon, yeah. Simon Kay, and, yeah. um, and made the move. What a good move for us. What a good move for us. Yeah. He was an underrated manager, Simon, you know, and a lot of the time it's the, it's just the way the cards fall. You know, you know yeah. yourself, you've probably played in games and you've walked away from it and you think, and looked around, looked at the dressing room and you thought to yourself, goodness me, we should have batted yeah. them. You know, just how it works, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think a lot of it is man management as well. I mean, under Simon, lovely guy. Yeah. What a lovely guy, you know, but maybe that was again a bit of a disadvantage because I tended to play my best football under managers that had a little bit of a fear factor yeah if I'm honest when I think of Jimmy Ward and yeah. I think of John Roseman yeah sure um when I look back at those spells there was that element of being on edge whether you were going to play whether you're going to be picked you know if you had a good game if you had a bad game they told you yeah you know and that always kept me on edge and kept me playing really well. I mean, there's self-motivation as well, but I yes. just found that that those managers that ruled slightly with an iron fist got the better out of me. And with Simon, it was it was enjoyable for sure. And it was a good group of lads and it was fun. But the results weren't there. No, and no. maybe the performances weren't there, to be brutally honest. No, and I played in a I played in a number of positions for Simon as well, you know, so I don't know if I ever truly felt settled because I was always a centre-half or just played behind the two centre-halves, played as a sweeper. And I was playing centre midfield and sometimes up front. I remember playing up front against Ramsgate. But I think that was just because of the lack of quality in the team at the time, lack yeah. of quality in the squad, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, but I, I tell you, I banged in a few goals. I remember that. Really? <laughs> Which is a bit of a rarity for me. But yeah, wow. I banged a few in under Simon. Well, I, I've got to say that when you strike a ball, you really do hit it, don't you? Yeah, well, I, rem I remember Roseman saying to me, he said, I don't know why you take, don't take more free kicks. But, I mean, the sort of lads that we had in the team at the time, like Stevie Soji and yeah. Ray Abagawa, you try yeah. getting the ball off of them, you know you what I mean? It, was like, no, it wasn't going to happen. No. It wasn't going to happen, you know. <laughs> they were they were worldies. They thought they were world beaters, you know. Yeah. Some, and on some days they were. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I should have taken more free kicks, really. Um, and when Simon stepped aside or, or moved on, um, who took over then? Well, I think that was John. If I remember rightly, I think yeah. that was John. John, John Rosen, yeah. So I think I played under Simon for the first couple of years at Whitstable because it was Simon and Dougie Bosson. Dougie Bosson, yes. 
That's right. But I think I don't think he was there after two or three months of me joining. I think he he dispersed or whatever. Simon took it on his own, and he I think he had it for a year and a half or a yeah. couple of years, and then they brought John in, and John was there for a couple of years. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and we won. I think I I can't remember how long it was since Whitstable had won something, but we um, won the Kent Senior Trophy, didn't we? A long time. It was. A it long was a long time. time. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, something to celebrate. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And a good yeah, we... side as well. Yeah. Mow up front with all the boys and yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Oh, good. absolutely. Yeah. I mean he brought he brought players down from London and which I suppose was a little bit controversial, but we seemed to gel pretty well. And again, you know, I I on Facebook and things like that, still in touch with Steve Sodge and Ray and yeah. you know, players of that ilk. So you know, there were bonds formed. There's, I mean, that's the thing about football. You never really lose touch with the players that you played with. There's there's always bonds formed, which is the best thing about it, really. There's there's lifelong friendships, really, that are, that are built in those sort of scenarios. Well, I think if you add up all the time, training during the week, travelling mm. to away games, yeah, after the game, you know, before the game, the amount of time that you've actually spent with someone... There's got to yeah. be a bond there eventually. Isn't oh, absolutely. I mean, they're big people yeah. we don't get on with. That's, you know, that's Yeah, life. yeah. But yeah. if there's someone that you've got empathy with and there's a good, say, three or four of you and you all gel together, it just yeah. carries forward, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You yeah. probably spend more time with the lads than you do at home. You know, it's probably yeah. why I divorced her. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's happened to quite but, a few yeah, footballers. <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah, and, and, and happy days under John, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was, it was testing. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's man management skills come into effect, and I think I, I remember he had uh, an assistant with him. I think it was Charlie. Charlie, big Charlie, yeah. Yeah, and it and it was just just stereotypical good cop bad cop. Oh, every you time know, it really yeah. was. Yeah. That's how it. That's how it, it, it appealed to me. You know, <laughs> and uh, you know, Charlie would ring you during the week and put his arm around your shoulder and have a little chat yeah. about things. You know, and then John would be ruling with an iron fist on a Saturday and. You know, you could argue that it, that, that method worked because yeah. he had great success at Sheppey, and he came over to Rams, uh, came over to Whitstable, and it and it worked because he worked. won us a trophy. So you can't knock it, but um, but yeah, I think Charlie was more of the man management side of things. Yeah, I've heard we that, put it that way. I've heard that said before, actually. You've just put it exactly right. An arm around the shoulder from Charlie, and yeah. John sniping at you in the background. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's good stuff. Sorry. And after John moved on, who, who was the next manager for you then? Well, Jason came in, didn't he? Yes. Jason Bragg. Uh, he came in for the last year and I think um, there was ob obviously he was there for a short spell because of personal reasons. Yeah. Uh, and then Matty Toms, I think, finished off the season. But, I mean, I was getting to, I wouldn't say I was old, but I was getting to 32, 33 and I think... I I just started to pick up niggles as well that were taking longer to get over. I mean, groin strains, hamstrings. Uh, I'd always suffered a little bit with bad back and bad knees, and I was just getting injuries. And I think Matt was possibly looking at bringing in younger players as well. And so, you know, the the two three weeks that I was spending out trying to recover from yeah. the odd knock or the odd the odd niggle, players were stepping in, and that was only fair. You know, um, and I had a, a young family at the time. And I think 
that season had well as well. I don't know if you remember Tony, but we'd played in a couple of games where there were a couple of dare I say broken legs. I remember Mark Jackson playing yeah, breaking Jackson. his leg against Lordswood. That was horrible. Wasn't and it? yeah, it was horrible. You know, being on the pitch that day against Lordswood, and um, there was little things like that just niggling away at me, thinking maybe it is time to just. I probably should have gone on for another couple of years. I always remember uh, dear old Tony, the physio, bless him. Um, God rest his soul. Uh, I started that last year. I started to spend more and more time there during the week in the physio room, you know. So I got to know him really well and having lots of chats. And he always said, "Just play as long as you can, eh? Because you're a long time not playing." And I was, and it's true. And I always remember that. So I think if I only had one regret in football, it's probably that I should have carried on another couple of years, even if I'd have spent a little bit of time on the bench or whatever it may have been. I would have still enjoyed it and still enjoyed coming training and all the rest of it. But um, but I made that decision. And I remember my last game was away to Herne Bay and we drew 1-1. They scored in the last minute. And I was furious after the game. I was furious. I remember laying into a few people, telling them who didn't pick up. Andy Skinner got both barrels, bless him. He was another great guy, great guy. And uh, I think he he wasn't marking at the back plate. And I'm thinking, this is my last game. I'm not playing after this. Why am I even bothered? Do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but you it are. was just my nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just Absolutely. my nature to come in and roll it because I hated drawing or hated losing, you know. So I do remember that. Yeah, I'm sure you do. They do stick with you, don't they? They do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. And we've had some good games against the Bay, haven't we? Over yeah, the oh, yeah, they were great games. Me. Yeah, yeah tell, they were great me, games. Tell me something. You've experienced that sort of rivalry. And I've spoken to one or two people about the Ramsgate Margate rivalry, but of course they're never in the same league, or very seldom no. seem to be in the same league. So it yeah. was never quite the same, was it? But it was no. like they were like the neighbours down the road that were just a bit better than you were. Yeah, and you, you didn't like them for that reason and no other reason. Exactly, but yeah. we used to play them in uh, friendlies or pre-season friendlies. So I think right. it might even have been a. Uh, a cup competition we got them in once but uh, they were big games yeah. they were big games I can't remember coming out on top on many but I do remember playing against Margate frequently when I was playing for Dover like yes. in the reserves and yeah. things like that and I remember probably one of the best goals I ever actually scored was against Margate and it was for Dover I remember the goalkeeper there was a ball played over the top and their goalkeeper came out and he and he got there first almost like a sweeper keeper and he cleared the ball up to the halfway line and the ball came to me and all of their back four was pushing up to the pushing halfway up. line. Yeah. And I, and I just, I chested the ball and knocked it over the top of all, all the defenders and just ran through on my own and literally went round the keeper, rolled it in the net. And I, I don't know where that came from. Strikers goal. Yeah. <laughs> I remember doing it. So, you know, those, when you're not a centre forward, goals tend, tend to stick in your mind. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you don't score that don't many. Don't score that many, no. I mean, Andy Cunstable <laughs> you know, so... or Stuart King would be well proud of those. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, dear, they'd be absolutely. telling stories but about it forever. That. That's brilliant. That's yeah, really I do good. remember that. There was no temptation then once you actually finished to, to sort of get into into coaching or anything like that? Well, I think, I think it's a natural thing. I think if my boy had maybe shown an interest, then I would have gone along to sort of youth team yeah. games. And then eventually I think the bug would have picked me up and I'd have jumped in somewhere. But but I I just never got into that environment after football, really. Once football stopped at Whitstable, that was kind of it, if I'm honest, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a couple of opportunities. Mark, leader at Faversham, yeah. he was running some sort of youth team setups and he wanted me to go along. I did a little bit of refereeing and things like that. But no, I never... I never really sort of went anywhere in the end. 
well, just I, carried I, on look, going around. I've come up and seen the Whitstable play a few yes, times, you know, yes. in weeks. It's nice. But, um, no. I've got a question for you, and I asked this to um, Stuart King, but it's a reverse. So I said to Stuart, yeah. what defender did you hate playing against? And he said to me, in the typical Stuart King fashion, it never bothered me because I knew that uh, one time during the game, I was going to get a chance. So it never yeah. did. But if you, as a defender, you were going to go onto the pitch and you looked at the chin cheat and you thought, oh, no, not him. Was yeah. there anybody that you hated playing against? I don't think so. Not not off the top of my head. There were a couple of players that, I mean, there were, there were some great centre forwards that dropped down the leagues, ended up playing for teams like Chatham. You had Darren Hare, who was great a players. big lump. Great lump. Big lump up a front. Lump, Very he? strong. Yeah. Really strong. Held yeah. the ball up. But... But as a defender, as a sweeper, I was never worried about him getting in behind me. All the play was in front. I mean, you could yeah. not get the ball off him, to be no. fair. And he and he was brilliant at just the little flick-ons and everything. Yeah. But but I just used to drop off him 10 yards, let him flick it on and try and pick up the pieces. But he was a quality player. There's no doubt in that. You know, he was, he was strong as an ox. But then there was, a, there was a couple of players that when I played for Ramsgate, we had a lad up front called Ian Court. I like And yes, he I know, was Ian. so fast. Wasn't and when good. I came over to Whitstable, when I came over to Whitstable, yeah. I got him over there for us. Yeah, he was so he, I think he was only with us a year, maybe he after a year. He wasn't with us very long, but when he was no. with us, you could see the quality. His pace, he was raw. His, yeah. his touch and his movement wasn't necessarily there, but my God, he was lightning. He was lightning. And uh, he was, it's those sort of players I didn't want to come up one, one against one. No. You know, I did. I, I tried to. I spent most of my career trying not to come up one against one against fast players like that sure. and dropping off. So usually it was players without an out pace. Yeah. You know, they would be the ones that I would look at and I'd go, I'd usually say to Andy Keir, you can mark him today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drop off you. you know? I love that. You take I love him. That. I'll drop, I'll drop 10 yards back, let him knock it past and I'll pick up the pieces, you know. But, um, so yeah, it was pacey players normally. That was good. Well, I've, uh, I've just done, done, with, done one with Andy Keir and Andy's one's going on uh, over the new year. And also Kevin Fuel. Kevin Fuel's one was really yeah. good. Really enjoyed it. And I did Andy as well. It's good. Mm. Um, I've got a few in the pipeline as well. So uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting over the next few months. And it's so nice when I'm talking to players like yourself and you're not name dropping in the sense that you're, oh, I've got to put that name in. It just comes out naturally. When you're it just talking, comes out. Yeah, when you're talking about someone that you've got an affinity with, your respect, it, it's there. And it's so nice mm. to hear. That's really good. Well, I've thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it today, but we're a bit time sensitive on these things, I'm afraid. So, That's all right. Uh, it's been a, a real real pleasure to chat again, so it's really good. So from me here yes. at Belmont Banter, and from Adrian Burrows on the, end of the other end of the phone, AD, it's been great today, mate. So Yeah, it's been great everyone, catching up and seeing you again, Tone. It's been it, good to it, see you, mate. It's been you good take care. Yeah, and you. So from everyone here, thanks very much, everyone, and we'll speak again soon. Cheers. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry, specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. 
Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.